Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hello everybody and welcome to a bonus edition of the Forza Italian Football Podcast brought to you by Not Connor Clancy. It is me, Dov, and I'm joined by some people you've maybe not heard of or heard about or from for a wee while. It's Vieri Capretta and Podrick Whelan. Um, Vieri, since you're sat next to me, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Hello everybody and lovely to talk about a great match day in Serie A. Uh, well, yeah, it was, it, was, it was decent. I wouldn't say great. Um, Podrig, how's everything in the Emerald Isle? Oh, wonderful. I'm just happy to be back on and speaking to you guys and don't have to hear Connor. Yeah, so <laughs> come at me, this, this, this could be like the, the midweek rival podcast to the main podcast. Yeah, and the midweek fixtures are always better. As we're about. Well, see, this is the thing. You both have said that, but it really wasn't. It was terrible. Um where should we begin? We'll begin actually. We'll begin in, in Verona because it was a sad day, a sad, sad day because Kievo lost to a, a very lucky Milan side, four-one. Um, the great Walter Bierce tried his best, but the the gods weren't really on his side, which was a sad thing for everybody to see, and nobody really wanted it to happen. Uh, Vieri, since you're sat next to me, looking at me like I'm talking a load of rubbish. No, I completely. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it was very sad for Bonucci. And for Montella, because I want to see what he's going to do when Bonucci is back. Well, now I, that I, I, the I team seen, have clicked without him. Yeah, well, I seen Bonucci was sitting waiting for a lift, and he was on his phone. He didn't really look too bothered about anything. And the guy was like, "He's outside the lift. He's, he's a security guard." And I was like, "Oh, he's just Bonucci's just chilling out, relaxing outside the lift. He's not really giving a crap about anything." Happened. So, so Bonucci's dropped in. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is that you know they they got a four-one victory away against a team that isn't too bad at all, which is Kievo. Their best uh, unbeaten run since uh, 2009 uh, they were on Kievo. Well, you see. Game. see? And, um, I don't know, they won fairly smoothly. Lucky, but, you know. It was lucky. I see, I, I think in the video that I did after the game, like, Milan won 4-1, and you think, oh, that would have been a great performance, swashbuckling and all that. 
but they weren't really that good. I'll be perfectly honest. There were a couple of like, more. Like I think obviously you had Cesar's own goal. I think then then, then at the end, Cabo just basically thrown in the towel. Thing right, we're not going to win this. That's it done. And it was just a few kind of mistakes from Cabo rather than brilliance from Milan. Apart from Suso's first goal, that was that was the only moment of brilliance in the game. The rest of it was just a bit kind of. Yeah, I, I agree actually with that. I think it, it just says it all about probably where Milan are at the minute that they can go away somewhere quite reasonably difficult to go win 4-1 and people are still they're not entirely happy I can see why I, I, I agree I thought that Kievo probably a bit the scoreline was a bit harsh on them for Milan a massive win for them and all especially with the, the game that's coming up but I think Montella will probably still be feeling the heat even after that one. Well, I think he's an idiot, <laughs> honestly, because <laughs> he is. Because every like I've been, the, luckily, I've been able to get to the last three or four Milan games, right? And every single, every, before and after every single one, he keeps saying, "Oh, Milan play this great football. They're playing really well. The results just just aren't there." And I'm sitting there thinking, "I've just watched Milan. I've just watched this game, and you were crap. You were utterly rubbish against Genoa." Against uh, who's the other one in the Europa League? AEK, ter- they were just terrible. And you're sitting there, and he, he comes out with this. Oh yeah, Milan play this great football, and you're just thinking, is he like on some kind of like medication well, it, that we don't understand? It's, like, it's funny to see how the media praise certain coaches. Um, you know, not that many people watched a lot of Fiorentina games during his reign, but everyone just thought that Fiorentina played magnificently well. Yeah. No, it was absolutely normal football. The thing with Montella is that he's he loves ball possession, but it's very, um, you know, sterile. It doesn't create a lot of chances. Um, they hardly ever shoot from out of the box. There's no counterattacks at all. At least this was the case at Fiorentina. And, but everyone has always been convinced, you know, Fiorentina play well, play well. The only season where Fiorentina did actually very well was the first one. And that's because Montella played with no strikers. And you had Jovetic and Ljajic basically being added midfielders. And that meant, of course, you have ball possession. You have six midfielders <laughs> against three or four. You're going to dominate in the middle. But then what are you going to do up front? And he's just living off that legacy of that first season with Fiorentina, in which he, he came fourth. And... Um, and now everyone's convinced him himself, uh, first of all, that he's he, he's, he's, great, he plays amazing, great swashbuckling coach. And from what I've seen, he's not. No, absolutely, absolutely normal. And there's certain flaws in his game that he's never corrected in, what, six, seven years. Starting off with um, not great defending and he destroys every single striker. Like, <laughs> like number nine's... Yeah, I'm talking Mario Gomez, someone who had won the treble this, this season before coming to Fiorentina. Baca, Baca was never that bad as he was last season. It's impossible. Yeah. I mean, he had won two consecutive Europa Leagues. And, and then uh, he was like the best Milan player of the season before, pretty much. Yeah, so well, yeah, he scored 18 goals. goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and now, I mean, Kalinic is struggling. Uh, Andres Silva is only doing well against uh, small clubs. <laughs> so we'll have to obviously evaluate at the end of the year because there's a long way to go and he might... Well, he's not going to be into the end of the year. a long way to go for him, though. That's, that would be the concern. Well, well, let's see what he does against you, because yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, well, well could I, like, just quickly then, obviously, because their next game is against Juventus Podrick. Um, and you watched Juve against Spal, which is obviously a big test for the Bianconeri. Um, do you think Milan have got any hope 
against Juve? Or do you think this is basically cut and dried and Montella is going to get his arse handed to him and that's going to be it? Um, well, I might not put it as colourfully as that, <laughs> but I would struggle to see maybe Milan getting something out of this game, yeah. Um, I think Juve are actually hitting a decent bit of form there. There's a few games where you watch them, like Atalanta away when they drew and the Lazio defeat at home and games like that when you're probably starting to get a little bit concerned about them. But I think defensively they still have a few issues. I was surprised they even conceded a goal at home. No, I I think angry is the word, Podrick, not surprised. Surprised, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that that, that one was a bit of a a shock that Spal could go there and get the goal. But I think in attack especially, they're really clicking well just now. Obviously, Milan at the back. I, I still don't think Montella knows exactly what is ideal. If every defender is available, whether it's through suspension or injury, what is ideal back four even or back, or back three, three. he doesn't yeah. even know what he's playing in yeah. defence is it a back four exactly. is it a back three because yeah. like when they did the uh, the team sheet for the Cable game like, it looked like it was start with a back three but then as soon as they got on the field it was clearly a back four mm-hmm. yeah that, that that's what I would have I'd be quite worried about for them that <laughs> the system I know he's he's been unlucky maybe with Conte and stuff like that being injured but Going into to this game with that defence and the way UV, I think, are just hitting form and attack at the right time, I think it could be a comfortable enough win for UV in the end. Right, so quickly then, what about Juventus, Spal? You, you, you mentioned there a bit of kind of shaky defence. Um, are you saying that uh, Andrea Barzali isn't a top defender anymore? That, that, that Juventus need Bonucci back? I don't know, because I'm quite still impressed with Rugani. I think he's he's settling in now, and I think he actually deserves the chance. I I um, I wouldn't be too concerned about losing Bonucci, especially the way that he's <laughs> playing for Milan at the minute. And maybe it would obviously it would be different from if he was still at UV. But I I don't quite know what what the issue is. He, even he's rotating those Chesneys in and out every now and again. I I think it's a hard one kind of to put my finger on why. They're struggling so badly at the, not so badly. They're, they're obviously. Well, this is kind of relatively speaking, obviously, Paddy. Yeah. Juventus obviously always had a great defence, and it seems exactly. to be leaking yeah. a few more goals than you would yeah. maybe expect. It's not, it's not as if Juve are sliding into mid table or anything. This in the back of the defence, but well, I think, I think. Well, don't you think it's because the whole team don't defend as a team as they used to? Do you think that what you're saying that they've went too much kind of? Attacking-wise, they, they focus so much on getting good yeah, attacking they, they, players. They're, in they're caring a bit less about, you know, putting in that extra run to to cover up. I think that from what I've seen, and let's also be honest, if Dybala had scored the two penalties, we're talking about a victory in in Bergamo against Atalanta and a, a draw at yeah. home against Lazio. <laughs> yeah. I think the, maybe the think the, the the two holding midfielders in front of them as well. That that's probably been a bit of a. A problem from because I don't think he's he's another one who hasn't quite had that settled two in there. He's had Pjanic a lot, but he's had Kadira coming in, Marquisio obviously. Don't know what's going on with him. Ben Tancur, yeah, Ben Tancur who played and they played okay. Don't know, but you even have Matuidi as an extra. Not problem. It's obviously <laughs> not a problem when you you get these quality players. But it's well, you see, I, I disagree. I think the the main issue with uh, Juve is that they. They spent a lot of money in the summer, but they didn't bring in anyone who's better than the ones they had before. 
I don't think Matuidi is that good and his career proves it. It's one nothing. Um, well, I mean, league titles in, in France. Uh, yeah, well you And then um, Bernardeschi, I don't think will have a great career. And well, he's barely played for you. Du- du- like du- Douglas Costa hasn't done much. You know, it's not like he brought in really, Lima really, you or know, Messi well, or Ronaldo. Hey, that's, uh, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, to to have someone who's actually better than uh, Quadrado and uh, Mandzukic, for example, on the wings, like Dybala level, let's say, uh, you know, they would have had to to go on different types of players. And they didn't. So they're hoping that Bernardeschi will turn into that kind of player, that Douglas Costa still has, you know, unexpressed potential. But I don't think their, their transfer window has been as good as uh, it seems. Well, you said that even when they actually moved Bernardeschi, you were like, even at Fiorentina, it was hit and miss. Hot and cold, I think, was the exact phrase you used. Yeah. Sometimes you'd be great and other times you just would go missing. And I think in the Under-21 tournament, you mentioned it as well, that there were games where you think Bernardeschi, he's going to be the one that's going to step up and take this under 21 team to victory or, or like I don't he, do, he, he, he was kind of he doesn't Bernardeschi doesn't have the consistency and I'm not talking about on a whole season just inside the 90 minutes yeah. he'll have he'll score a goal like the one he scored against Spal which is absolutely fantastic I mean you don't see them very often but then he'll just you know disappear for most of the game and if you do that Allegri mentioned it in one of the press conferences if you do that at Fiorentina people will, will underline the seven good things you've done out of ten and if you do it at Juve, they'll underline the three bad things you've done. So to play at, and it's true, there is a difference in level between Fiorentina and Juventus. He needs to, to up his game. And I think Juve are hoping that he'll do it eventually. But at the moment, the players they've brought in haven't lifted the level of the team, I don't think. Yeah, well, they don't, they don't start. But if, well, if, yeah. if Allegri's picking his team, Allegri's essentially picking the same team as last season. Bar a couple of... So maybe substitutions. Matuidi has been playing quite often. Yeah, but I think if I think if Allegri had to pick his starting eleven, everybody being fit, not none of the signings would get in. No, no none no. of them would. The team would be exactly the same as it was last season. I think that kind of backs up what you're saying yeah. about they've not really brought in anybody that's improved the side. They've more kind of improved the squad rather than the starting eleven. But there you go. Yeah. Right. So let's move on then because uh, we had leadership change. Podrick at the top of Serie A on Tuesday night because Inter uh, just beat Sampdoria despite being 3-0 ahead um, but then some guy that I can't pronounce his name can you do it? Kovniak, Kovnaki or something? Uh, well, yeah, him well, uh, his, name, his first name is David I'm sure which is a, a really good name or David or David or whatever right there we go Polish people help me with this please um, and Fabio Quagliarella uh, he got the, the second goal 85th minute which struggling to pronounce his name as well yeah well, that's, it works I could do Quagliarella. that that's what I said um, obviously with a lovely Scottish droll accent uh, we can't always be as perfect as you Vieri Capretta obviously Um that's the upper 10 five minutes, but Inter got the win, went to the top of the league. And like I think we, we've not spoken, I spoke about it last week with Nima on my Dov Discusses podcast um, about how this Inter team has just turned a corner mentally and all thanks to Spalletti. I mean, Podrig, is that something that you, can, you agree with, that this, is, that this change is just what, 90% down to the coach? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they're uh, they, well, they they didn't they didn't sign kind of players in the summer that 
when you saw them sign them, you thought, well, Skriniar, he's a good defender and actually settled in really well. But there wasn't a lot of guys they signed. You looked at it and went, yeah, that'll turn them into Scudetto challengers. And I, I don't know if I thought that about Spalletti, but I definitely think he was uh, he, he's an upgrade. I was surprised that Roma let him go um, so easily as they did. And I know they're, they're doing well as well. And there was issues maybe behind the scenes and all that with Spalletti last season. But he did... Uh, he got the results on the field and he's doing it again with Inter. I think he's he's probably one of the more underrated coaches where you talk about the likes of Montella, who's one of these ones that gets the the good ride or whatever and a good go of it in the media because he plays this expansive kind of attacking football, whereas Spalletti's probably... He, he wouldn't be well known for that. Well, was they it? were having a go at him after the Napoli game. Yeah. <laughs> like, Spletti was the, the minister of defence. Is, is that, yeah. that was that was it, wasn't it? I think Inter played so well against Napoli. They did. They, they could have. They could have won as well. They had their chances. I think it was Brera, the the journalist, that said the uh, the the perfect game of football ends yeah. at nil nil. So that was the perfect game of football against Napoli, and then they you went. Enjoyed the Sampdoria game. Oh, he wouldn't. But what that Spalletti said after the game as well. He was moaning about like they switched off after sixty minutes. Basically, after they went three and up, they thought, right, that's it, done and dusted. And Sampdoria went, hold on a minute, people, we're still here. We could still win this, and they almost. Well, they didn't really almost did. You kind of knew that they weren't going to win it, but they made it. They had a good goal of it, and nonetheless, um, Vieri, Mauro Icardi, best striker in the world. No, I absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you think, if you look at his numbers in the Champions League, he's never played in the Champions League. I was going to say, you, <laughs> the Champions League, I'm trying to think. Is he's been no, I think I think there's uh, there's uh, quite a few that are better than him. Um, not in Serie A, perhaps. Not as a pure best, number so nine. Best, best number nine in Serie A, then. I think so. Yes, right now he's got something ahead of uh, Jack and Iguain, who are the, what the is other it? two. Wanda, it's Wanda, isn't it? It's, <laughs> well. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
He hasn't. He's at the start of his career. Let's put it this way. But he's he's got an age already that the other uh, strikers his age uh, in the world are ahead of him. I'm thinking of players like Harry Kane, for example. Who, yeah, you love Harry yeah, I, had, I had an argument with somebody last week with that. I think Icardi is every bit as good as Harry Kane. But no, he's not. He's, Does Icardi I, take free kicks? Come on, oh. Kane is way more complete than Icardi. I think. Oh, see. I think, and he's just—he's not had the chance yet, obviously in the Champions League. But I think he'd do just as well. Right. So, Paddy, how do why do you think Icardi is as good as Harry Kane then? Well, I just think he—he he doesn't because of all the off-the-field issues and all that. People maybe look at Icardi and they're a bit—they're not as well, welcoming maybe towards him as well, he's Kane. clearly an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> field, on the field though. Um, yeah, I just, I just. Well, it wasn't that I was trying to compare the two of them, but there was people were uh, were quite glowing in their praise for Kane and not so not not so uh, not so filled with praise towards the Cardi. Whereas that, I think that he's just if you give him the ball in the penalty box, I think eight times out of ten it's hitting the back of the net. No, I, 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 but I agree. I think I just think Kane will also get the shot from outside the box. And the I free kick. I don't think it matters, though, does it? If Icardi can score from outside the box, he's never he's... tried. I mean, it's like it's like comparing any striker, any number nine in Serie A right now, to someone like Batistuta. Batistuta did a bunch of other things. He could score in any single possible way. It's just slightly better. It's almost like a number nine that's so uh, as well a number ten. You know, shooting from outside the box can completely change the game of, of a team and of a striker. So I think. As, you know, Icardi is a pure number nine, whereas Kane does a bit more than that. Uh, Suarez, Lewandowski, they have that, that extra bit to their game that, you know, make them slightly better. I'm not saying inside the box, they, they could all be at the same level. Icardi is already almost at that level. He just needs to prove himself at the, at the best, best stage, which is um, the Champions League, of course. And Harry Kane can take corners as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's it. There we go. Uh, does Harry Kane track back into midfield like Icardi does? Which I was actually shocked. I didn't think he had it in him until Spalletti got a hold of him. But there you go. Well, I think he, I think he actually said himself that um, we brought this up last week that, that Spalletti, according to Icardi, has brought a fire and a hunger that he didn't think he had, which. Uh, Getting Mauro Cardi to do things uh, uh, is quite a difficult thing to do. Unless you're one, then he'll do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, just quickly, um, Vieri, how good is Skriniar? He scored, yeah. defended. Well, right now, unbelievable. Best defender in Serie A? Well, that's another difficult <laughs> question, isn't it? We need, to, if we need to do this for every single, every single time we mention a player. No, no, uh, just, just, just now, then, then, then I'll stop it because uh, then I'll tell you who the best is. Well, I mean, of course, uh, Dario Dainelli. Yeah, exactly. He's the two team of the week, Dario Dainelli this season. There you go. <laughs> but, um, well, Skriniar right now is, uh, you know, he's, he might not maintain this consistency for the whole year. But if you think about when he was bought for that amount, uh, considering what Milan spent for Bonucci, a lot of Inter fans would have thought, you know, we'd rather buy Bonucci. A lot of people have told me if you'd watched Sampdoria more often last season, you probably would have noticed that Skriniar was already quite a decent defender. Um, but I mean, not at this level, that's for sure. And he's, he's definitely been a surprise. And 
the way he's uh, put together that defending, like very clean defending as well, can get rough when, when it's needed, as well as being able to, to pass the ball properly and do what Bonucci can do, um, ideally, is, uh, is incredible. I, he didn't have the, the best, best game against Sampdoria. He did make some mistakes. But essentially, he's been, he's been the biggest surprise, I'd say, in Serie A so far. There we go. So, uh, so very quickly, we'll move on to Napoli. We won't do too much on this because they, they played Genoa and Dries Mertens decided to just smash it up. Uh, two goals. Third one, he could have had, but I was given as his kind of its own goal. Um, and Tanap Tanito got the goals either side of that Mertens fake hat-trick, if you want to call it that. Um one thing I was when I was thinking about this game, Podrick, I was thinking right last season, if Napoli went down at Genoa one 0 early, you could have seen them drawing that game, possibly losing it, uh, just from a mentality point of view. Whereas I think now, what's one of the things again that's changed is that Napoli just think they're so much better than everybody else that they can just go and score goals and 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 get the three points regardless yeah. of who it is. Yeah. And I think right, it's just it's a subtle change. But I think it's an important one if we're wanting to get a Scudetto race. Yeah, and I think it was the Genoa game as well was it's the twelfth point they've picked up this season when they've been trailing or mm. that the, they're different this season. As, as you said, when they go behind, it's not a case of we start feeling sorry for ourselves and oh, we're having here, here we go again. the old time. I think that's quite interesting as well that they've, they've hit the ground running so quick. And it's everybody's kind of out to get them, and it's there. They're the pace setters. I think that you, you can, you just see. So I think you just see something different in them this season. I, I don't know, like you're saying, just that the mentality's changed, and that they're not going to just sit there and go, well, we're one 0 down. What we're going to do? But they, they just keep playing their game, natural stuff. They know they've got Mertens there, who is just going to like. Was it the second goal? He can just turn a game where a lot of strikers in the league. Mm-hmm. We don't take that ball down and finish it the way he did. He makes it just look so easy as well. It's frighteningly good. Um, yeah, it's it's just I think just comes down to that that their, their mentality this season is different, and obviously they don't seem to be focusing maybe on the Champions League as much as maybe others would want. I, I'd probably like to see them give it a better go because you always want to see Serie A represented well, but. Maybe the way Serie A has been the last few seasons, would we prefer teams to do well in the Champions League or have a proper... Well, I think I think we've seen that in the Man City game, particularly in the yeah. first half. When they played Man City, they were just like... You, you, they had Inter um, at the weekend. Yeah. And you, you just seen that their, their minds were, right, we need to beat Inter rather than we need to... That game, though, I mean, for the first half, there was a difference that, you know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> almost, almost embarrassing for Serie A. Yeah, it could have been five nil, and for the team that's, that's winning the league in Serie A to lose, you know, five nil. It ended up two one. Yeah, I mean, like, like, but the scoreline is completely. You, you, you clearly see that that was at Napoli. They were, they, they had their minds, and maybe their instructions came for like right. Don't, I, don't I, go too I, crazy. I, I would hope so, but I mean, I, I think there is a huge difference between Napoli and Man City, and it, I think it showed. Yeah, well, we'll, I think if you had Napoli on their game and Man City on their game, it would be a good one. But um, but we're not not comparing leagues because... Yeah, no, it's... it's, it's We'll we'll do that when they get to... But I I do agree with with Paddy. It's a lot better to have a a balanced Serie A completely. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun this year, at least at at the top. Unfortunately, 
there's there's a well, huge gap. Well, I want to come to that. I'm going to come to that later, so we'll we'll, we'll skip that in a second. Um, <laughs> so, right then. So the so Scudetto at the minute, the race is looks like it's between Napoli, Inter, and Juve. Uh, and Napoli are two points ahead of Inter, who are one point ahead of Juve and Lazio. Surprisingly enough, when they are not being racists and anti-Semites, or not them, so their fans or some of their fans are not being horrible people. Um, Lazio are doing pretty well as well. I don't think personally they'll be able to keep it up. But do, do you see basically this three going all the way, Vieri? This Juve Napoli. We're ten games in, so we're. Uh, I would put in Roma as well. You, do I, you still think Roma? Are, yeah, yeah, because Roma. Um, a game in hand, have a game in hand and potentially have 24 points uh, right behind them. And I think um, Roma could have, uh, with a bit of luck, they could have tied the game against Napoli. Could have been a draw, even though Napoli deserved to win overall. But it wasn't like they got destroyed. Well, that's like that's twice that happened to Roma, where they had a really good game and they didn't get and they got beat against Inter and against. Well, and, and I was going to mention the the game against Inter. I think that game is uh, has completely changed the mindset for the Nerazzurri. Um, Whereas uh, Roma could have done with an extra three points easily. They should have beaten Inter 4-0. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even joking. Because Inter were not at the level they're at now. They were, they were still a working progress. Well, they still are, but even more so in, in round two, that was. And uh, they got the win. They won 3-1, essentially, because Icardi is a great finisher. Um, and so I, th- I would put Roma in it. Because if you play that well against the likes of Inter you'll probably get the wins. We'll see if they, if they can do it against, uh, of course, uh, Juve Lazio that they still have to face of the, of the top teams. But I would put Roma in there as well. Having said that, I think Juve have shown fantastic mentality because we're talking about how Napoli reacted to, to going down. Juve, Juve have played in, in 10 men and won against Udinese. Well, Smashed Udinese with 10 men. They yeah, didn't even just that, win. They absolutely that, that destroyed yeah. them with 10 men. It doesn't happen very often. You'd think that a team that isn't mentally strong can probably be happy with a draw there. They destroyed Udinese. They, against, against Lazio, it could have been a, a 2-2. Mm. Very easily. Don't forget that before missing the penalty, Dybala hit the post as well. Yeah, did. Against Atalanta, uh, yeah, Atalanta had a great reaction. Yes, the old Juve wouldn't have let them have that reaction if you're 2-0 up. But... Um, you know, they had a penalty in the final minutes. They missed it. If you score that, it's another three points. So watch out, because if Juve start winning every game they deserve to win, they can probably, they, they probably be at the same level of the Napoli already, if not ahead. I think as well, like one thing that Allegro does, the way he sets up his teams over a season, he gets them ready, basically so they're in peak form come March. Yeah. Like I think yeah. it was the, the, the season before last when Juventus were like a million points behind. Yeah, yeah. and then they won 26 games. Yeah, they just smashed it after the new year and just won everything. And it's like, right, okay. So that's when I think I think Napoli need to kind of watch out for that and make sure they're, they're on form as well and there may be enough points ahead of Juve that might not matter. And because I think once you get after the new year, Juventus will steamroller ahead. They're still the best team in the league for me. Right. I want to do two quick uh, mentions before we finish. Uh, first one, Vieri, this is for you quickly. Fiorentina beat Torino. Torino uh, didn't get a shot on target. Their second game in a row, a row, they've not got a shot on target for the first time since, I think, 2008 or so, 2009. 
Fiorentina are doing too bad in comparison. Everybody thought there's going to be a disaster. They're at the same level as the the big spenders Milan in terms of league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, three and they got and they got three players in the team of the week. It's unprecedented. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> three three consecutive wins for Fiorentina. Well, I think Simeone scored a goal that's too beautiful not to include, <laughs> and uh, he he played very very well against Torino. And for a t- you know Fiorentina and Torino, I consider them at the same level. So it's not like they were playing Benevento or Spal. And at the same time, I think Torino, if you, if you pick this, the best 11 between Fiorentina and Torino players, you'd probably pick mostly Torino players. So I think Fiorentina you know, were quite impressive in winning 3-0. Um, or, well, let's put it this way, Torino were not very good. I don't think Fiorentina will do a lot better than, than what they're doing at the moment. Um, they, they've lost some, some silly games already. And, against, uh, against Kievo, maybe. against Kievo. Against Kievo. Well, that was not a silly game. That was the one that you maybe expect to lose. Of course, and against Juve, they they, <laughs> they shouldn't have lost that one. Um, but uh, I think yeah, I think Fiorentina are, you know, a fairly mediocre side despite having won, uh, you know, the last three games. Because before Torino, it was Benevento and Udinese. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what what is a what is a big. Uh, Disappointment is Torino. Uh, I'm not too surprised because they've ha- they have a very good team, I think, in terms of players. But I I don't really rate Mialovic as a great tactician. Uh, I don't think anybody really rates him as a good tactician. He's more of a kind of that old school. He's just an angry man. He just shouts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just shouts and yeah, it just doesn't work. Uh, with with the team he's got, if if a if a team like Torino spends twelve million on a player like Niang. 12 million for Torino are, you know, a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's like Juventus spending 30, 40. It's that kind of, of player. You, you know, he cannot, he either has to deliver or the coach has to make it work or it's just a big miss. Um, so I think, I wouldn't be surprised if um, losing another couple of games or getting average results, Mianovic, uh, loses his job then, then they could bring back Ventura and then Conte could go back to Italy and the world will be fine yeah <laughs> right Paddy last one for you right just on, on the games um, Benevento almost yeah. got their first ever point in Serie A then big Leonardo Pavoletti steps up in the 90th minute after they scored in the 90th and just went nah no, no chance boys <laughs> you're getting nothing um, so the the, the question I don't want to talk about the game because it's Cagliari against Benevento it's rubbish but the bottom of Serie A is horrendous like the the standard of the teams I'm going to go from Udinese downwards so Udinese Cagliari Sassuolo Genoa Crotone Verona Spal and Benevento just absolute trash it really is I think uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know about the, the teams above them. Um, no, Verona are definitely crap. Oh, yeah, Verona that. and Spa. I've actually quite been quite surprised. I thought Spa quite, spent quite well in the summer. I thought they'd maybe be a bit further away from relegation than they are at the minute. I think actually, now maybe I'm starting to agree with you now because now that I look at it, I'm like, well, Genoa, Genoa, Gen- Genoa, Crotone, Verona, and Spal have won one game each and were yeah. 10 games into the season. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Speak yeah, to Benevento just... fans about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> Benevento lost the whole 10. I mean, that's just. They're beating the, the record every week. They just yeah, renew it. Like, does this, like, the point I'm getting at, does this make it. Um, more likely that Serie A or more 
just that the, the proposal for an 18-team Serie A should happen, given that you've got teams at the bottom that are just losing every week. So what is the point in having them there? Because even if you are a Benevento fan, I'm sure you're enjoying being in Serie A. But regardless of being in Serie A, like, yeah, getting smashed every week or getting beat every week, I mean, that that's just, nobody wants or needs that. I th- yeah, if, if there is going to be a good argument for lowering the amount of teams, like that is it. Like a, a team in any top flight should not have played ten games and be on zero points. And even if they'd have held on it uh, on uh, against Calgary, they'd still only be on one point after ten. And it's <laughs> I don't know. The longer it drags on for them, they're just I think the big outlier. I, I think that is it's just frightening that a team can be. And they've been unlucky at times as well. Like obviously that one against Inter, they. They actually played quite well when they, they played them at home and had the goal ruled out that maybe they were unfortunate in that game. But yeah, I, I think because we were on about how good this the Scudetto race is this season, it just shows probably how top-heavy the league is that these teams are just, those top teams like Juve did to Spal, they're just going to beat up on these Benevento mm. and Verona and Crotone more often than they don't. Like Even when they're not crushing them like Roma, against Crotone in midweek the Roma are still fairly comfortable like Crotone only kind of had one chance from a corner kick towards the end like, I, I think uh, I don't know if I'm in favour of it but I, I would agree with you that uh, this is as good an argument as any for lowering the league because that, that, that can't happen you can't have teams that are being cut that far adrift I would put in uh, playoffs at the bottom and uh, get more teams involved in the relegation scrum essentially even though if you look at that that's you know, it's not like, yeah, right now Crotone, well, Hellas, Spal and Benevento would go down. But, you know, it's not like, like the, with only two points more, Spal would be out of it. So it's, even Benevento, it's, they're only six points away from safety. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I'm saying like, there's yeah, a yeah. group at the bottom that just is so, really So the playoffs rubbish. wouldn't really, really sort things out hugely. A good redistribution of TV rights money probably be the best solution yeah that, that obviously like i would help them obviously but that's not going to happen the big Spread teams are out, not going to yeah. give away their cash gonna agree that benevento and frozenoni and carpe and all are taking all their tv money <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean but what can you tell benevento they came fifth in serie b last year they won the playoffs and um you know it's completely unexpected for them they what i think they in two seasons they went from serie c to serie a uh, or Spal maybe did that. Um, well, I think it's, it's kind of like a recent trend because you've had loads of teams that have done that. They've kind of had like meteoric rises. Yeah, but of, of course you're going to struggle. I think the smaller the team, the more money you need to build a team for Serie A because the jump is absolutely huge. I don't, I don't know. I mean, people don't actually get how big the difference is from Serie B. It's like it's a different sport almost. <laughs> so this is why you should go down, like get your trade sorted out in Serie B so you can prepare properly for Serie A not just come up and it's not really your fault if you win if you win a league you didn't expect to win yeah well then, like, then they should sort themselves it's, out it's like saying Leicester should have prepared to win the, the, the Premier League oh well, they, it just well, they happened they did they did, they did well they did prepare it was, it was Claudio Ranieri's grand plan but I just, I just think when you've got teams coming up and losing 10 games in a row I just think it's stupid and devalues the whole competition yeah, yeah I agree Right, boys, that is pretty much it. Um, people listening, let us know what you think. Do you think Serie A should, they should cut adrift these 
rubbish teams at the bottom? Do you think Kievo should be given an honorary Champions League place? How do you think the Scudetto race will go? Napoli, Inter, Juve, Lazio, will they still be in it come the end of the season? What do you think? Most, most importantly, is Kane better than Icardi? Is Kane better than Icardi? Yes. Go. Hashtag debate. Um, I'm prepared for the volleys of abuse that are about to come my way. <laughs> well, there you go. Are you Team Paddy or Team Vieri? I'm just going to do hashtags all day. Um, Podrick, where can the, the, the people find you on the Twitter? I think it's at pwhelan88 on the Twitter machine. On the Twitter machine. And, and Vieri is quite a simple one, isn't it? Yeah, name, surname. So Vieri, <laughs> Vieri Capretta. Capretta. Vieri Capretta. He tweets loads of random stuff. It's very, it's fun. Um, and I'm Dov Skivoni and I tweet rubbish. Um, you can get Forza Time Football on the Twitter as well. That's at Syria FFC and on the Facebook, which is fun because you get videos from Stadia, not just one Stadia, various Stadia throughout Syria match days. And you get to see sometimes my face, sometimes Vieri's face, sometimes Tom's face, sometimes John's face. It's fantastic. You'll love it. Uh, so go on there um, and find stuff as well and also go on the website um i've got to give this last word to you Pally, because if you go on the website you get to find out how amazing Froiler at atalanta is hmm? oh indeed you do <laughs> hold everyone back yet you have to go and read about it this midfielder at atalanta oh the new frank kessie He's, 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 he's going to be a world beater he's going to be at uva before like in january and it's going to be great for everybody so you go go on and you can read that that was by our good friend from Monday's episode Connor Clancy um, right so that's that's it basically for us we will be back or we're not we will not be back but Connor and the gang will be back on Monday they do a live podcast a live show on YouTube as well um, so you can join them on YouTube it's usually about I think half past 10 UK half past 11 European time so you can go and join them and see their faces as well as hearing their voices as they chat about Syria so that is all the shilling done oh, oh yeah go on the website and there's a shop and you can buy stuff it's great do that uh, right so that's me done so there's nothing else left for me to say other than Arrivederci
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm -hmm. 